For more than a decade, I was President Trump's right-hand man, fixer, and confidant. I was complicit in helping conceal the real Donald Trump. I was part of creating an illusion. Later this week, he's going to stand up and blatantly lie to you. I'm here to tell you he can't be trusted and you shouldn't believe a word he utters. So when you watch the president this week, remember this. If he says something is huge, it's probably small. If he says something will work, it probably won't. And if he says he cares about you and your family, he certainly does not. He's going to tell you that if you reelect him, the economy will bounce back. That only he can get us out of this economic crisis. I alone can fix it. Maybe for those like him. But if you think he cares about working class Americans, you're dead wrong. The president is going to talk to you about law and order. That's laughable. Virtually everyone who worked for his campaign has been convicted of a crime or is under indictment, myself included. So when the president gets in front of the cameras this week, remember that he thinks we're all gullible, a bunch of fools. I was a part of it and I fell for it. You don't have to like me, but please listen to me. Thank you, Michael Cohen. I like you. And I will listen to you. Because you're right. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. Oh, no, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, also in California, and Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN. And Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. Oh, Hawaii sounds nice around now. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids WPRR in New Orleans on WHIV. Buckle up, New Orleans. In Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR in Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com. Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow. Says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you know, Well, uh, we wondered what we would get, Desi Doyen, from the <laughs> Republicans' Version of their virtual national convention? Yep. Well, yes, we I guess now we know uh, <laughs> yep. where they officially, at least day one, we know. Days two, three, and four could get worse. You've been warned. 
Uh, anyway, uh, they officially renominated Donald Trump for a second term in the afternoon, but then they adjourned the convention completely without even bothering to hash out a party platform. In short, and I am not actually spinning or exaggerating this, their platform is to carry out the Trump agenda, whatever the Trump agenda may be, literally. That is a cult of personality. That is not a political party. Um, but that is what the Republican Party has now become. And the show that they are putting on this week pretty clearly underscores that. We'll get to some of the specifics shortly today. If you have small children in the room or are easily nauseated, you may need to step away from your radio for that section. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, but first, as we noted yesterday, uh, not one, but two hurricanes are landing on the Gulf Coast this week, uh, which we will also discuss in a little bit in our latest Green News report with Desi Doyen Yay. later on. Yes. If time allows. <laughs> uh, but uh, Laura, now officially Hurricane Laura, appears now to be uh, quickly spinning up into a very dangerous, uh, likely Category 3 storm. That uh, seems to now be gunning for both Louisiana and Texas, both of your old home states. Yes, I was born in Louisiana, raised in Texas, and it looks like uh, Hurricane Laura is going to spin up rapidly because of the warm oceans that are feeding the Gulf of Mexico and giving it fuel right now. And uh, should probably, it looks like the track will probably hit along the Texas-Louisiana border. Galveston has already issued a mandatory evacuation because Galveston is low-lying. Houston is also within the cone of uh, what would be expected for heavy rainfall the closer mm -hmm. it tracks to Houston. Sadly, the worse the flooding will be because Houston is mostly made of cement yep. and has a notoriously bad uh, flood control. I mean, I guess mm -hmm. they couldn't even call it a flood control system. It's more just of a flood promotion system, actually. <laughs> really? And uh, yes. Yeah, Which so, we saw back in Hurricane Harvey in 2017. Right. It was terrible because it's sort of the uh, Harvey just sort of hung over the city for, uh, for days, days and days yeah. and at least this one I, I I'm told as well last I read I think it's moving along at something like 16 miles per hour which they describe as a rapid clip right so maybe uh, even if it does uh, hit Houston it will move along quickly well that's the hope the problem is that Laura's track right now matches something close to uh, Hurricane Rita in 2005 mm -hmm. that was a month after Hurricane Katrina devastated yep. New Orleans and the problem with that was actually the evacuation process it was such a mess that uh, the evacuation took people hours and hours and more people died in the evacuation from Houston than from the storm itself well, uh, be careful right now, people yes. of Houston and everywhere else in, in the areas. We're looking at uh, there could be 12 inches of rain in some places across the Gulf Coast. Storm surge could be as high as 11 feet. Yes. According to the National Hurricane Center. And remember, these impacts go way farther inland than they used to because of global warming and sea level rise. So even if you're not close to where the storm track is, still pay attention to your weather reports because it's going to be a regional problem for folks within hundreds of miles of the coast. And why do we have global warming and sea level rise? Because of burning fossil fuels. Oh, okay. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. I, I've been watching. You didn't miss anything. I've been watching the Republican National Convention, and they don't seem to speak about that. So I just thought I would check <laughs> no. in with you and get the facts. All right. Well, uh, be careful down there. Uh, once again, we are uh, grateful today for our nation's courts 
federal, state, and local for proving to be the sort of last bastion of sanity in a nation gone wild at this point. Uh, Not always, certainly not at the Republicans' blatantly stolen U.S. Supreme Court level, but at least much of the time over the past four years, our courts have uh, come to the rescue on a number of key issues where all of our other institutions seem to have failed or have been purposely undermined by the, yes, Republican Party that is now officially, completely, and entirely... And if you don't believe me, you know, watch pretty much any random three minutes of this week's Republican National Convention. They are now totally disconnected from reality, from science, from facts and all other independently verifiable evidence at this point. So uh, luckily, not all the courts have yet gone down that particularly ugly road. A Florida judge blocked Governor Ron DeSantis and top education officials in Florida from forcing public schools to reopen brick-and-mortar classrooms amid the ongoing coronavirus pandemic on Monday, ruling that the state's order, quote, arbitrarily disregards safety. Unfortunately, the ruling for the moment was uh, temporary. It was issued by Leon County Judge Charles Dodson, who immediately put it on hold when the state appealed the ruling. In the ruling, Dodson said the mandate to reopen schools as long pushed by Florida's embarrassingly Trumpy governor, Ron DeSantis, usurped local control from school districts and deciding for themselves if it was safe for students, teachers and staff to return amid the COVID crisis. So, Yesterday on the broadcast, when I discussed the fact that Republicans are no that they no longer have any values, any actual values as a party. One of those values you may recall, I'm old enough to remember, uh, used to be uh, or at least they pretended that it used to be that small government was better than big government, that local control was better than control, you know, from far away from a state capital or from uh, Washington, D.C., that the people and the governments on the ground who knew the facts best were best able to decide things uh, for themselves, for the needs of their own people. Of course, when Republicans uh, began doing things like, you know, Des, you'll remember this, banning local fracking bans. Oh, yeah. And plastic bag and local, bans. That's right. Plastic bag bans. Uh, well, I think the, the, the gig was up at that point. And it was clearly, uh, you know, a Republican Party that only cares about local and small government control when the local small governments in question actually agree with what the party actually wants. It has nothing whatsoever to do with small government people on the ground don't buy it that is bs when you hear it coming from the mouth of a republican or someone who claims to be a conservative if they are actually a conservative then yeah they actually uh would stand behind a small government let's say a school district deciding no We've got a cluster of COVID cases in our uh, community here. So, no, we don't want to send our kids back to school amid that that type of crisis. That would be a conservative. But we don't actually have real conservatives anymore, it seems. What we have is Republicans, Trump Republicans. Now, in this case, Judge Dodson wrote in his opinion, 
Quote, the school districts have no meaningful alternative. If an individual school district chooses safety, that is, delaying the start of schools until it individually determines it is safe to do so for its county, well, then it risks losing state funding, even though every student is being taught through alternative means such as distance learning. The uh, Florida Education Association uh, in this case, yes, the very teachers that Republicans also used to pretend to support, uh, the Florida Education Association sued the state after the uh, state education commissioner, Richard Corcoran, had issued an order, yes, a mandate. I'm also old enough to remember when Republicans opposed mandates. That mandate came earlier this summer. He demanded that schools must reopen classrooms by August 31 or risk losing funding from the state. The president of the uh, Education Association, uh, President Frederick Ingram, said, quote, local communities should have the freedom to make the best decisions for reopening or keeping open local schools. Our districts should not be ruled by reckless edicts from on high. Safety must come before politics. And doesn't that sound exactly what you used to hear Republicans saying? Local communities should have the freedom to make the best decisions. Well, that was then. This is now. State Commissioner Corcoran said he was confident that an appellate court would affirm the state's decision to mandate the reopening of classrooms for in-person instruction, whether it is safe or not. He said in a statement, uh, this fight has been and will continue to be about giving every parent, every teacher, every student a choice, regardless of what educational option they choose. But while every parent, and this is what is just insane, every parent may be given the choice between sending their kids to a, a brick and mortar classroom or allowing them to stay home and use much safer distance learning, but the big government mandate does not give that choice, as I understand it, to every teacher, as Corcoran claims in his statement. The teachers have to show up. They have to show up to school if their students are going to be in their classrooms. So, uh, no, this is not about choice. And nice pretending that you give a damn about people having choice in this country, Mr. Corcoran. Uh, most of the state schools have already reopened, but Monday's ruling, if it's upheld by a state appellate court, will give local school boards more authority to control whether campuses stay open or closed. There's an idea. The ruling came as Florida's coronavirus spread appears to be waning for the moment. That is good news, though officials note the size of the state's outbreak continues to outpace the ability of contact tracers to contain outbreaks. In other words, it is still out of control in Florida, even as its uh, numbers are beginning to come down a little bit, with some 1.6 million students out of the state's nearly 3 million public school students now back inside of classrooms, according to the state, uh, and children proving to be much more efficient spreaders of the coronavirus than previously understood, I would uh, uh, warn, I would caution that no one should be surprised if the decrease in the growth of Florida's terrible epidemic 
begins to tick back upwards again in the coming weeks as uh, DeSantis is trying to outrun reality and the November 3rd election by pretending as much as possible that the COVID epidemic is, you know, just going away like a miracle, just like Donald Trump continues to repeat, even during primetime televised statements on his Republican National Convention fake reality TV show. DeSantis wants to force 1.7 million children back into in-person classes without following the CDC guidelines or the metrics that were set down and very clear about here are the steps you can take to reopen. And they're not doing any of it, and they're even going to court to force parents to fling their children into the volcano. Yes, exactly. Uh, Earlier this month, by the way, there were nearly 200,000 new cases among kids, children, Nationally, that's not Florida, but 200,000 new cases among kids in the last two weeks of July alone. That was a new study. uh, It came out. We talked about it at the time at the beginning of the month from the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Children's Hospital Association. That was a 40 percent increase in confirmed coronavirus cases among children nationally at the time in the second half of July according to the study, which found that uh, cases among Florida children had actually increased 137 percent in those same two weeks. And that was before schools were opened this month. So, yeah, I will see. uh, But I would expect those numbers to go up. A total of 72 new deaths were reported in Florida on Monday from the virus. Um, That brings the seven-day average down a little bit. Now it's only 123 Floridians dying each and every day on average over the past seven days uh, from COVID. That um, horrible number is nonetheless the lowest rate in a month for the Sunshine State. Average daily increases in cases over the past week have declined to a level that has not been seen since late June. I hope that trend continues. I fear that it will not, but we will see. In the meantime, uh, they are busy lying about it all over the what we'll call the Republican National Convention at least on day one of that. And uh, Des, I don't know what you thought about it. We haven't had a chance to uh, discuss it, but I thought it was a creepy dystopian nightmare, especially in uh, comparison to what we saw last week from the Democrats, which was moving and smartly constructed. And at times it was sad and scary, but it was just uh, just creepy and dystopian yeah, I thought from the Republicans on Monday it seemed like an alternate reality uh, an alternate planet even yeah. uh, where they were discussing this great victory over the coronavirus and I thought does this really work on Trump's base do they really look at this and and forget 180,000 dead people forget all the uh, lack of equipment the lack of PPE they're trying to get Trump to take any kind of action whatsoever to the national testing yes. uh, infrastructure? I mean, does that stuff work yes. on them? Yes, it does. Yes, it's it just... clearly does, because that's the kind of crap they deliver on Fox News, and that's the kind of crap that uh, some of our family members uh, hear and oh, they indeed. buy into. Just to run through uh, uh, a little bit, as I said, you have been warned. If you have you know children in the room or you get nauseous, uh, be careful. 
So now much I missed, disinformation. I, I, it was crazy. It was. I missed the, uh, I think, the uh, most scary part, which was early on. I didn't realize they're actually going a half hour earlier than the Democrats were. So it's two and a half hours a night that we will sit through for you. You're welcome. <laughs> Our donation address is bradblog.com slash donate. Anyway, uh, yeah, the uh, scariest part, I think, was Matt Gates and Kimberly Guilfoyle, formerly of Fox News, now Don Jr.'s girlfriend. That was uh, at the beginning, but I was able to catch up to some of it today. Uh, here is just enough to give you an idea of what uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle had to say. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Now, remind you, mind you, she was speaking in an empty room. Yeah. So maybe a little out of adjustment, maybe a little over the top. I don't know. Read the room. Uh, exactly. So uh, just to sort of uh, fly through some of what you either saw or missed, if you were lucky, there was sort of a promises kept video montage about all the promises that Donald Trump has uh, kept over the past four years. They did not say anything I noticed about the wall or about Obamacare and overturning that for some reason. So maybe those were promises not kept. But I'll tell you, from that video alone, I had no idea there were so many black people at Trump rallies. Pretty much every shot was uh, a, a, an African-American in a MAGA hat. Weird. There was a registered nurse uh, who says that uh, Donald Trump's quick actions saved thousands of lives, that uh, he quickly acted to get personal protective equipment, PPE, to states. In fact, it included so many out-and-out -out falsehoods in the uh, early part of that presentation regarding uh, the coronavirus, citing Trump's response as a great success, they claimed that over and over again throughout the night. There were so many falsehoods that MSNBC was actually forced to interrupt its coverage for a fact check, arguing that it's one thing to air lies from uh, the Republicans, but uh, these dangerous lies that can lead people to die, that's another matter altogether. They brought on Dr. Vin Gupta of the University of Washington, uh, their Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, to try and correct the record. Here's a little bit of that. A lot of that was hard to listen to. And this is not as a, as a partisan, but as a clinician. Number one, for many weeks in the last six months, COVID-19, which we didn't even know existed towards the end of 2019, was the number one cause of death for Americans. Last week, it was the second leading cause of death for Americans behind ischemic heart disease. So to say that 170,000 souls lost in our country up to now is success by any measure is fantasy. It's disrespectful to the families who've lost loved ones, to frontline clinicians who put their lives at risk. It's just fantasy. It's propaganda. So that's number one. Number two, I would say uh, the reality here is let's talk about PPE. We had to import insufficient, inadequate PPE, KN95 masks that did not meet any recognizable U.S. standard from China, from other places overseas, because we didn't have enough PPE in our strategic national stockpile. So for all your viewers out there listening to this, for anybody listening to what the RNC is doing right now, it's all propaganda. There's no truth to it. We didn't have enough PPE for our nurses, our respiratory therapists, or our physicians to care for COVID critically ill patients across the country. What about testing? 
We still don't have enough testing, Rachel. The right type of testing, the rapid point of care tests. That's why we're seeing testing numbers go down. That one of the lowest points has been in weeks. It's about 600,000 new tests a day, down from 900,000 towards the end of July. So that's, that's important to keep in mind as well. And then finally, this notion that telehealth, I, uh, uh, the nurse that was just speaking about telehealth and progressive policies on telehealth, let me, let me fact check that very quickly. This is the administration didn't suddenly invent telehealth and telehealth reimbursement strategies in the last few months. That's false. That is absolutely false. Up until the beginning of May, well into this pandemic, you needed a smartphone. You needed broadband Internet access to actually communicate with a telehealth provider, someone like me, to order a test for a patient. It wasn't until the middle of May that they allowed, they loosened restrictions so that you could get a test or you could communicate with a provider by phone. So let's be clear here about what's true, what's not true. That was uh, Dr. Vin Gupta of uh, the University of Washington trying to fact check just some of the nonsense that they were that they were offering across all of the networks and all of the cable networks and everything else uh, at the Republican National Convention on its uh, first night. Lord only knows what is still to come. And, you know, uh, political conventions, of course, they always go out. They always make fun of the other parties. They always sort of misrepresent their positions. But uh, here they were just out and out lying about things. And in this case, lying about things that could end up helping a whole bunch of more people die. So, frankly, I'm glad that MSNBC uh, did that, at least at uh, in that section. Uh, later in the night, the McCloskeys, that uh, couple uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, from my hometown, uh, who are under felony indictment for pointing guns at peaceful protesters. These, those uh, felony, I guess, if, you know, if you're going to keep out uh, all of the Republicans who are under felony indictment, they wouldn't have anybody to put on <laughs> in the RNC. Anyway, uh, the McCloskeys talked about far left Marxist revolutionary mobs who attacked us and want to abolish want to abolish the suburbs altogether. I mean, it was some unhinged rhetoric. They said, your families will not be safe in Joe Biden's America. The Democrats have brought us nothing but destruction. Later on, uh, Congressman Steve Scalise, uh, who's the third uh, leadership spot in the uh, in the House, you know, used language that was similar. As a matter of fact, one speaker after another after another used language that sounds like it could have been coming out of Oh, I don't know. Donald Trump's mouth, Sean Hannity's mouth, certainly Fox News's mouth. I mean, it sounded like the same person wrote all of the speeches at the DNC. You know, it sounded like individual voices, each uh, person. This sounded like it was all written by the same person, either that or they all watch the same Fox News channel. I don't know what the answer is, but there you go. Don Jr., Actually, before Don Jr., it was uh, Nikki Haley, the former U.N. ambassador and South Carolina governor, who, if I recall, was always Republican, but she did not used to be insane. Now it appears she's planning to run for office for president in uh, four years. So she's decided that uh, apparently sounding insane brings you Republican votes. And so she has gone far, far to the Fox News Trump right it is uh, actually a bit disappointing to see that. You had thought that she might resist the magnetic pull of the grift? Well, yes, yeah, she was sort of the one sane person in the uh, in the Trump administration. But 
I guess she gave that gave that up. Very sad. Don Jr., of course, was Donald Trump Jr., was never sane. Um, he was talking about the best unemployment ever until the Chinese Communist Party's virus attacked us, as he said, describing the Democratic nominee as Beijing Biden. He said the economy was the greatest ever. It was especially good, he said, for the middle class. Talking about the tax cuts were somehow especially good for the middle class and that Biden wants to take money out of your pocket and put it back into the swamp. He called Joe Biden the Loch Ness monster of the swamp. He talked about anarchist mobs now roaming our streets. And of course, the big question of the night was Don Jr. stoned? He looked totally wasted. I'm not kidding. His eyes were red, bloodshot, glassy, glassy, wet. It was really weird. But by the end, uh, he was he was really mad. Here's just some of that madness. They put political correctness ahead of the safety and security of the American people. Fortunately, as the virus began to spread, the president acted quickly and ensured ventilators got to hospitals that needed them most. He delivered PP&E to our brave frontline workers, and he rallied the mighty American private sector to tackle this new challenge. There's more work to do, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Job gains are outpacing what the so-called experts expected. But Biden's radical left-wing policies would stop our economic recovery cold. He's already talking about shutting the country down again. It's madness. Oh, it's madness, all right. Uh, yeah. PP and E, Desi Doyen? What, what's no, he talking well, about? No, well, obviously he's talking about PPE, but uh, I guess he I was mistaking it with PG&E or PG something. PG&E, that's my guess. Uh, anyway, uh, it was all so ridiculous. Really, the only proper way to cover the Republican National Convention, at least in my opinion, is, in fact, with ridicule. So to help us out there, here's a bit of Stephen Colbert doing just that in his live post-RNC day one coverage. Tonight was a long midnight of the soul. If you haven't watched it yet, please, no women, no children, no breastfeeding mothers. (laughs) Really, no one should have to watch any of this. It was like watching a snake devouring the Republican Party, even though Trump promised something completely different. We're going to see something that is going to be very uplifting and positive. I think the overall is is going to be uh, a very positive as opposed to a dark, a very, very positive message. Okay, let's uh, let's check out one of the first positive messages. I feel for local businesses across America who are under assault from shutdowns, from riots, and now facing the terrifying prospect of Joe Biden. The terrifying prospect of Joe Biden. I got to say, that is a tough line to sell. Who's terrified of Joe Biden other than ice cream cones (laughs) and presidents who let their people die? Soon it was time for Florida Representative Matt Gaetz. Gaetz rolled out some of his Democrat slash fiction. They'll disarm you, empty the prisons, lock you in your home, and invite MS-13 to live next door. Then they'll give your last can of Bud Light to a lesbian independent bookstore owner and put ISIS down as your soul cycle emergency contact. Is that what you want? Then we heard from Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. Jordan tried to defend Trump. They tried the Russia hoax, the Mueller investigation, and the fake impeachment. Jim, the impeachment was real. He was impeached. You can't ignore it. It's not sexual assault at Ohio State. Oh, man. Jordan explained why he loves Trump. 
I love the President's intensity and his willingness to fight every day in Washington for our families. But what I also appreciate about the President is something most Americans never get to see, how much he truly cares about people. That is true. No matter who you are, black or white, rich or poor, you never get to see Donald Trump care about people. Then we heard from College Football Hall of Famer Herschel Walker, who said Donald Trump is misunderstood. One time, I planned to take his kids to Disney World with my family. At the last minute, Donald said he'd like to join us. So there he was, in a business suit, on uh, It's a Small World Ride. That was something to see. It just shows you what a caring, loving father he is. Yes, Donald Trump is the sort of caring, loving father who will do something with his kids. It's a low bar after all. <laughs> Next stop on the love train was Trump Jr. girlfriend and vengeful banshee who will haunt your dreams. <laughs> Kimberly Guilfoyle, who screamed this message of hope. If you want to see the socialist Biden-Harris future for our country, just take a look at California. I'm trying to look at California, but there's fire everywhere because of climate change. By the way, her ex-husband is the governor of California. I'm guessing that was an, not an amicable split. But I think I know who was awarded custody of the rage, because when it came to the president's agenda, she had some very nuanced screams. His promise was to put America first, and he has. That beacon shined bright once again for the world to see. America, it's all on the line. President Trump believes in you. He emancipates and lifts you up to live your American dream. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Is the loud lady gone? I'm scared. This is the first time in my life I've had to turn down the volume on C-SPAN. <laughs> God, I'm glad we already had our kids because I think I was too close to the TV. I might have been sterilized by that. <laughs> oh, my God. Whew. That was a tough act to follow or watch. But Congressman Steve Scalise tried. I'm Congressman Steve Scalise. We're facing some tough challenges in America. For instance, whatever the hell is wrong with Kimberly Guilfoyle? <laughs> Then we heard from former ambassador to the U.N. and future Republican nominee Nikki Haley. Donald Trump is everything we hear and teach our kids not to do in kindergarten. Oh, I'm sorry. That was from 2016. I thought they hadn't changed their platform. Oh, she, she, uh, she just changed her soul. Here's her tonight going after the previous administration. Obama and Biden let North Korea threaten America. Whereas President Trump let North Korea threaten America and then met with him with no preconditions and said that they fell in love. Who's more fun? <laughs> One of the most anticipated speakers of the night was presidential son Donald Trump Jr. There was his keynote address and that he looked like he had snorted a key. So before I tell you what he said, can we zoom in on Jr.'s sweaty face and wet Bloodshot eyes, either he's high or that's what happens when you live in the splash zone of screaming Guilfoyle. <laughs> just, just bring a poncho. Uh, DJ TJ painted a picture of a brighter America. Imagine the life you want to have. One with a great job, a beautiful home, a perfect family. 
And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful house. And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, how did I get here? And why is my girlfriend screaming? <laughs> he continued his word mural. Imagine the country you want to live in, one with true equal opportunity, where hard work pays off and justice is served with compassion and without partiality. That is a world where I and everyone I know would totally be in prison, so let's skip to my next point. <laughs> then, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott told a story about overcoming difficulties. My mother always said to me, Timmy, if you would just shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you'll be among the stars. And Timmy, when you're a star, they just let you do it. Yeah, this is all you stand for now, Tim. Hand me some Tic Tacs, we're hitting the beauty pageant back rooms. Scott then warned about the supposed dangers of a Democratic presidency. If we let them, they will turn our country into a socialist utopia. I'm not entirely sure Tim Scott knows what a utopia is. <laughs> Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want to turn America into a dangerous paradise, a radical heaven on earth, an eternal nightmare Shangri-La. It all built to a crescendo when Tim Scott finished speaking five minutes before the end of the official runtime. So they just showed B-roll of the White House. It ended early. I can't imagine the chaos in the control room. What? Five minutes? We can't waste five minutes of prime time. Quick, send Guilfoyle out there for some freeze cream. All I can say, and this is all I can say, is that when it comes to Donald Trump, I hope getting out early is a trend that continues in November. Here, here, Stephen Colbert. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know how we're going to continue to cover the Republican National Convention as the week goes on. I want to be fair, but frankly... What they're doing uh, merits the type of ridicule you just heard there, uh, really. All right, quick break, and we're back with some good news, maybe, about the upcoming elections Yay. in, again, a couple of court cases. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to The Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Trying to calm me down with that music, are you? <laughs> A palate cleanser. Okay. Oh, that scared me again. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. I mentioned at the top of the show that the courts have been saving us from a number of things, a whole bunch of things that might be much, much, much worse right now in this country under assault by a dangerously unfit president and his dangerously subordinate political cult, cult followers, some of whom you just heard in that past uh, segment. Sorry again. Uh, seemingly uh, willingly at this point, they will do anything for dear leader and his uh, hopes of winning a nearly impossible to fathom, fathom but completely possible second term in office. 
So in the earlier example, it was uh, on uh, reopening schools in COVID-stricken Florida and a judge who uh, at least began to potentially put the brakes on that. But we've also had a number of uh, helpful court rulings on voting in recent days that I've been trying to get to. They're actually coming in faster than I have been able to cover. So let's get to at least this one. Uh, This is fresh from Monday, a federal court has blocked an Indiana law that would have allowed county election officials to kick voters off the rolls immediately without any notice whatsoever. Common Cause Indiana, the uh, ACLU of Indiana, and Demos challenged that law, which sought to circumvent federally mandated safeguards from a state purge process allowing voters to be purged based solely on secondhand information without notice to the voters or without giving them an opportunity to correct the record. Previously in this case, federal courts had struck down a virtually identical law that relied on data from the controversial interstate voter registration cross-check program. You may have heard about that. That was uh, Chris Kobach's now dead program that uh, several Republican controlled states had participated in that purported to identify people who were on the voting rolls in more than one state in, you know, two different states. But it did so with a really bad algorithm that basically just compared people with the same first name and the same last name and birth date. So even if they had a different middle name, a different social security number, et cetera, they were still included as a match, uh, as a potential uh, duplicate voter who should be removed from the rolls. Uh, Unfortunately, their uh, false positive rate was something like 90 percent on this list. And. Uh, Some state officials did not bother to actually verify the information. They just took the information from cross-check and began the process of removal based on that and only that, not bothering to check if, uh, well, no, this is actually a totally different person than that other one that's been identified in another state. Of course, the false positive rate disproportionately identified minority voters. Almost magical how that works. For some odd reason. Don't know why. So after dropping cross-check in Indiana because of its failure rate, instead of fixing the problems, Indiana just enacted a new law that replicated the same flawed procedure and simply swapped out the cross-check program, according to the ACLU, with a new Indiana-based program, totally different, called the Indiana Data Enhancement Association, or IDEA. Well, the court had the idea that this law was still flawed, even if you used a, uh, a different uh, process to toss people off the rolls, and has now blocked that law. Julia Vaughn of Common Cause Indiana said uh, that they are the group is extremely pleased that this decision will prevent the state from purging any voters from the rolls without proper notice and a waiting period. Sophia Lakin of the ACLU said, as federal courts have now said three times in this case, election officials cannot remove voters from the rolls without hearing directly from the voter or following safeguards that are mandated by federal law. Jane Henniger of the ACLU of Indiana said too many Hoosiers face obstacles, including the current public health emergency 
to exercising their fundamental right to vote. We are glad that this voter roll purge system will not be one of those barriers. And finally, uh, Stuart uh, Nafa of uh, Demo said the court rightly rejected Indiana's attempt to concoct a replacement for cross-check that didn't correct any of its flaws. And what's remarkable about this is, uh, well, of course, much of it is remarkable, but the fact that this has been something they've tried repeatedly. Over and over. Over and over and over again. The same idea, same problem. They will never stop trying to block you from voting, ever. No, they won't, especially in Mike Pence's Indiana. Very quickly, before we get to the Green News Report, I think i got time for one more here. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, a couple of days ago, uh, said uh, on Twitter, quote, So now the Democrats are using mail drop boxes, which are a voter security disaster. He's talking about drop boxes for vote-by-mail ballots. Among other things, he said, they make it possible for a person to vote multiple times. Oh, jeez. They don't make it possible uh, for that, at least any more than a mailbox does. Also, he said, uh, who controls them? Are they placed in Republican or Democratic area, Democrat areas? They also are not covid sanitized. Now he's concerned about that. Instead, they're not covid sanitized. So go into a crowded polling place and put your fingers on a touchscreen that people have been using all day. That's much better, Mr. President. You're right. He says, a big fraud. Well, that tweet was flagged by Twitter uh, for violating their rules about, you know, telling the truth concerning elections. They've let it stay up there, but they uh, put this notice and they uh, gave a a link to more. Donald Trump has been, um, you know, declaring uh, fraud and trying to stop the counting of ballots now as seemingly the only way that uh, he thinks he can, you know, quote unquote, win this year's election if he declares fraud for any particular reason. So he's going out there and basically claiming that everything that happens in the election is in some way fraudulent. And then I guess we'll find out on Election Day if and when Republicans, more of them will turn out most likely on Election Day than Democrats. So the numbers that first are reported will look as if Republicans won on Election Day and then he'll declare, uh, you know, the absentee ballot counting, which takes days because you have to authenticate each and every ballot. He'll declare that that's fraud. He'll try to stop the counting, etc. That's apparently the only way that he thinks he can win this year's election at this point. And he's getting some help from Republican secretaries of state across the country. Of course, Connie Lawson uh, is the Indiana secretary of state who tried to uh, use that uh, cross-check list to purge voters. Last week, uh, Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose, also a Republican, said he would not allow counties to have any more than one single drop box, and it must be outside of the Board of Elections in each county in the state. Well, the Republican Party is now suing the state of Pennsylvania to try to prevent them from using drop boxes across the state for absentee ballots. Even in response to a federal judge, one appointed by Donald Trump, The Trump campaign was unable to provide any evidence of voter fraud in Pennsylvania in its crusade against drop boxes in the state. The week before last, Trump appointed federal judge ordered the uh, Republican Party and the Trump campaign to show examples to back up their argument that drop boxes somehow lead to fraud. Well, the campaign lawyers declined to do so. 
be basically because they couldn't. They couldn't come up with any evidence to their own Donald Trump appointed federal judge to support the idea that drop boxes lead to fraud. They could come up with no evidence to support nope. their case. The campaign uh, then loaded the 524-page uh, response document. So they basically took 524 pages to say, nope, we ain't got no evidence. And then they put in uh, a handful of articles of uh, related to voter fraud, but fraud that was unrelated to mail-in voting or to drop boxes. U.S. District Judge Nicholas Ranjan asked the Trump campaign to respond after the Sierra Club and Citizens for Pennsylvania's Future. They were two interveners in this case. They argued that the campaign, quote, should not be permitted to raise such spe spectacular fraud-related claims, particularly in this national climate, and they refused to provide discoverable information to substantiate those claims. In his order, Ron John said, if there are no responsive documents, then the plaintiffs must state as much. And, well, to their embarrassment, not that they care, uh, they had to state as much. They really had no, uh, no evidence of, of fraud in drop boxes. So now it looks like this law, or I'm sorry, this uh, lawsuit... Remember, this was the Republican Party's uh, suing to stop drop boxes, secure, secure drop, boxes. drop boxes from being used across the state of Pennsylvania. It looks like this uh, lawsuit is probably not going to get very far, but they've been doing that. Republicans have been filing these lawsuits to sort of send up flares as, you know, threats of what they plan to claim down the road. And then they end up withdrawing the case. Yes. They've and done the, this in a number of a number of states now. And the news media covers the initial case that gets filed mm. and then they don't end up following up that. Oh, yeah, it was dismissed for lack of evidence because we're too goddamn busy covering all his other madness. 24-7-365 at this point. All right, quick break, and we're back with Desi Doyen's Madness. Yay! <laughs> uh, the Green News Report is up next. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. The Bradcast survives thanks to you and your support. Please stop by bradblog.com slash donate today to help us continue to do over your public airwaves what we try to do five days a week. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thank you. Okie dokie, Desi Doyen. Yep. Uh, just uh, all kinds of disasters now going on all across the country, including a pandemic, even while the Republican National Convention is out there talking about how great things are now in America. Yep. It, it is madness. But then again, so is our latest Green News report. Laura is forecast to strengthen, possibly into a major hurricane, before making landfall along the Texas or Louisiana coast. Twin storms pummel the Gulf Coast. Northern California fires rage out of control. Plus, we can and we will deal with climate change. 2020 Democratic National Convention touts climate action. All of that touting and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. The Trump administration finalized plans to open up the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to drilling. It marks a major step toward 
towards reviving fossil fuel development in an area that has been untouched for three decades. Untouched for three decades. For a second, I thought they were talking about Mike Pence. Oh, snap. Bing, 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 bing. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, you have long warned about multiple disasters happening all at once, and that doesn't even include the Republican National Convention. <laughs> this is true, and here we are. Multiple simultaneous disasters, storms and wildfires, and a pandemic all at once. First, two storms are hitting the United States Gulf Coast in the span of just 48 hours. It's extremely rare to have two storms simultaneously churning in the Gulf. Hurricane Marco hit Louisiana as a tropical storm on Monday, bringing heavy rains and flooding. And as we go to air, Laura is now a serious threat to Louisiana and Texas, likely to hit midweek. In a press conference, Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards warned that the state's emergency response is already strained by the pandemic and residents should not get complacent. The temporal proximity and the geographic proximity uh, of these storms uh, pose a challenge that, quite frankly, we've not seen before. Uh, and as a result, we don't know exactly what to expect. The National Hurricane Center warns that no matter where Laura ultimately makes landfall, quote, winds, storm surge, and rainfall hazards will extend far from the center. And yes, man-made climate change does play a role, according to Washington Post weather editor Andrew Friedman on PBS NewsHour. The Atlantic sea surface temperatures are so much warmer than average right now. So instead of giving just regular gasoline to these storms, you're essentially giving them rocket fuel. Bing, 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 bing. Meanwhile, a state of emergency in California, where more than one million acres have burned, driven by extreme heat and high winds. In just one week, two fires in Northern California exploded into the second and third largest fires in the state's history. Mm. State officials say they are struggling to combat the unprecedented number of fires across the state. There's not enough equipment or personnel to fight them. Plus, the coronavirus pandemic has curtailed the number of state prisoners that are available to man fire crews. And I suspect the coronavirus pandemic has also limited the number of shelters, whether it's the fires in California or the storms down in the Gulf Coast, shelters that people can safely go to and social distance within. And yes, the storms that exploded over the past few days in California and Colorado show clear influences of man-made global warming. Multiple lines of evidence show how a warming and drying climate is increasing the size and severity of fires throughout the United States West. Yeah, but Donald Trump said it was because we didn't rake the leaves in our forest floors here in California. Yeah, he keeps saying that. I think he needs to come up with some new insane material. Oh, that's not insane enough. Action on man-made climate change was woven throughout the Democratic National Convention to formally nominate Joe Biden for president last week. In his acceptance speech, Biden placed climate among the top four of the biggest issues facing the nation, along with the pandemic, the economy, and systemic racism. Biden has proposed a comprehensive $2 trillion plan to solve the climate crisis and lift the U.S. economy out of the downturn that has been caused by the coronavirus coronavirus pandemic and create new jobs by transitioning the nation to clean energy no later than 2050. We can and we will deal with climate change. It's not only a crisis, 
It's an enormous opportunity, an opportunity for America to lead the world in clean energy and create millions of new good-paying jobs in the process. Finally, some strange but good news in Alaska. Just weeks after releasing an environmental report minimizing the impact of the controversial proposed Pebble Mine, the Trump administration on Monday suddenly paused the permitting process, giving the mine's developers 90 days to explain how they would offset damage to the world's most prolific salmon fishery. Apparently, Trump's son Don Jr. and a few Fox News personalities have been lobbying for the change. Well, I guess that's all it takes. If Fox News is against it, so is Donald Trump. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. We're on a truncated schedule here at the Green News Report during our convention coverage, so we will see you next month. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Only with the Green News Report. True. The broadcast will be back tomorrow. Yes, Don't and worry. sadly, September will be here sooner than we realize. It will. Yeah, next Tuesday will be our next Green News Report. Best uh, summer ever. As we sort of uh, try, try like hell to keep up with the... Republican National Convention. I'm sorry, the Republican National Nightmare. Stuff of nightmares. You're so biased. <laughs> anyway. Okay, anyway. Uh, all right, we got to get out. Uh, my uh, thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's fine program, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Share it with your friends, fa- uh, neighbors, and enemies. And that is made possible by those of you who support our work. Thank you by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. You can send me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Brad Blog. I'll see you there until we see you here next time, hopefully tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Yeah.